My name is Carl Anthony, and I work in the automotive industry in Detroit. Sometimes that work encompasses future vehicle technology, and that's what we talk about here, for the most part anyway. This is AutoVision News Radio. Thomas R. Kohler is a leading expert on future technologies. In addition to writing books and articles, Thomas is regularly invited on television and radio programs to discuss future mobility. Thomas is the managing partner of a technology consultancy called CE21 and on the board of several innovative companies, including the e-mobility charging provider Juice Technology. And in 2019, he was appointed as a research professor at the Center for International Innovation at Hankou University. Joining us today on AutoVision News Radio is Professor Thomas Kohler. Thomas, welcome to the program. Thanks for inviting me. I'm thrilled that we've been able to meet through mutual colleagues, the organizers of the Innovation Connectivity Autonomous Summit, or the ICA Summit, which you are the chairman of for the 2022 event. And we'll talk about that in a moment, but first, Thomas, can you tell our listeners about your background and your areas of expertise? Uh, yes, uh, I have a background in computer science and uh, business from Würzburg University, but also spent some time at the University of, of Ann Arbor in Michigan. And then back at Würzburg University, I worked as an assistant professor. My job was back then bring up new ideas, what we can do with the back new back then new internet. Right. And I worked with Deutsche Telekom, the major communications provider of Germany uh, back then, and very soon started my own company. But I started uh, out with one of the early German internet companies, uh, which I later sold in 2000. You all remember uh, back then the dot-com bubble burst and all the consequences yes. it had for the industry. Right. I restarted again, uh, building a company that does back-end process automation for the logistics industry, including automotive clients. For 10 years now, I am the managing partner of CE21 Consultancy. Tell us about your work there, Thomas, with CE21, and tell us about your role as a, as a managing partner. We primarily work for large German and European companies and provide consultancy services in the area of cybersecurity and secure infrastructure. So, for example, for TÜV Rheinland Group, the major testing organization uh, in Germany, more or less like underwriters laboratory in the States, we planned the whole global network and made sure everything works securely for them. This is, for example, a typical project. We also do a lot of work for uh, automotive suppliers. No OEMs yet, uh, but a lot sure. of this tier one German big family business automotive suppliers are clients of my company. And Thomas, how did you get into automotive originally? So you, you've got these tier one clients now, these supplier clients, but how did you originally get into the automotive business? Uh, back then, when I was still uh, working as assistant professor at the university and uh, researching internet adaption and internet use cases, uh, we got in contact with a technology, a large technology consultant company back then. So I worked with uh, one of the very first projects to bring some kind of early GPRS-based internet connectivity to the automobile. This was very interesting back then 
it never really made major news. It never really was majorly adapted, uh, but it brought me into the sector. And then, uh, well, being the academic uh, meets business guy I was sure. and I still am, um, <laughs> I worked with uh, similar topics and uh, spoke at a lot of conferences. And so very often I uh, was invited to bring in my analytical view. And um, well, it's almost 15 years ago, I was invited in Munich as a, um, a keynote speaker for a major conference back then right. uh, for IDG Group. And then afterwards, I was asked, uh, well, do you want to join us? Uh, back then, a very new company started out uh, targeting uh, the sector for automotive innovation and automotive IT and in-car ICT. Sure, and then sure. afterwards, I, for some, well, <laughs> nine years, I, every year I um, hosted the biggest conferences there, but uh, the company had a takeover, so I left uh, right. two and a half years ago. And well, uh, now I'm working for Indinium, which I really like since they yes. have the right approach. You're serving as the chairman for the 2022 Innovation Connectivity Autonomous Summit. Uh, so Thomas, from your experience and your background, why is it important for all of us working in automotive to participate and be involved in industry events like ICA? Well, all innovation comes from different views. So right. we all have our different backgrounds. We all have our special backgrounds, as you understood. I'm not the typical automotive guy. I'm not this, um, well, um, mechanical engineer. That's the core of the automotive industry still, sure. Uh, sure. but I'm from the technology sector. And this discussion brings in a lot of innovation, brings in new ideas and brings in some very interesting new things to talk and some uh, products to be released. Right. In the past, I was the very first person, for example, to bring in the German Uber uh, managing director to some conference. Sure. <laughs> Back then, it was <laughs> several years ago. Back then, it was unheard of since they all they were talking about was hardware. Now we are talking about software and we're talking about services. We're talking about connectivity and, of course, of autonomous driving as being the future and the hardware as the core of the automot automotive product is uh, no longer that relevant. And with this software-defined car, the topic of cybersecurity, Thomas, you're an expert in cybersecurity, and as cars become more connected, that opens up a lot of risk that we haven't seen before. From your vantage point, what are those risks and how can we work in the industry to ensure that the vehicles we engineer and manufacture have the proper cybersecurity protections? Well, up until a few years ago, there was not much external connectivity. The security problems were not that relevant since you had to open the car and connect to the OBD port just right. to make use of them. So uh, it was not, not a realistic scenario. Right. With the connectivity we brought in the last 10 years, there are more options to connect to the car. So like 2017, we first saw this famous journalist program where they uh, forced a Jeep off the road by um, hacking it via the infotainment right. uh, network. And this was a wake-up call for the whole industry for the car. Yes. But we are already working on the next step. You mentioned that I'm a board member, external board member of a Swiss company called Choose Technology. Yes. They provide charging stations, charging infrastructure, and software for organizing charging. And in this case, we brought up the topic 
since we see a lot of future risks uh, when we switch over to electric cars, all cars connected to some charging stations are at additional risk since there is not only some power line connected to this, but also a data line and all data, for example, when it comes to calculating the price for the charging, when it comes to billing, uh, when it comes to switching on and off charging, uh, can be used and can be misused and will be misused. Now, with regard to electrification, Thomas, so this follows our cybersecurity discussion just now, we hear 2030 quite frequently as a target year in the industry. Is, is 2030 realistic for a target year or is that going to be sooner? Is that going to be later? What really needs to happen for EVs to go mainstream? Oh, well, uh, from a buyer's perspective, they need to be cheaper. Besides buying a house, the most expensive thing you can buy as a consumer is a car. And the most expensive thing you run besides housing is a car. So we need to make sure it's at least as affordable as a gasoline car so people will switch. We see this in, see this in ripe markets, for example, in Switzerland, where there's a strict speed limit and the country is not that big. The incentives are really good. Everybody is switching to electric cars and do not even think of Norway. Norway uh, will be much earlier have phased out all gasoline cars. Of course, they are incentivizing this by the government. And this uh, is, of course, a temporary thing. But in general, it's all about uh, numbers. And this is uh, what we can think of. But uh, never forget, the charging infrastructure needs to be in place. So it's not only uh, of people buying the cars and companies producing and selling the cars. It's also all about the infrastructure. And in major cities like Munich, uh, there are so many electric or uh, hybrid cars that the public charging stations are typically already full. So there's a desperate need for additional infrastructure. Thomas, do you think there will come a time uh, where we will no longer drive our cars? Do you think that autonomous vehicles will be possible in a certain number of years? Well, the tech industry told us so for at least 10 years, I think, or oh, more than 10 years. I think it was around 2000 when I was first at Google headquarters and saw this Priuses with this kind of, well, uh, dustbin on the top. <laughs> yeah. This was the very first iteration with automated driving. It was really impressive back then. So uh, the tech industry, several other companies promised us that within uh, 10 years or so and 2020, 2022, everybody should be able to drive an autonomous vehicle uh, well. I do not see many of them. Of course, we see some in uh, limited testing scenarios, especially in the United, United States. And here in Germany, the uh, major car rental company, Sixt, who also happens to have a strong foothold in the United States, um, uh, will be the first to provide uh, autonomous driving as a way of uh, saving time and uh, money for drivers for their ride-sharing services, for example. But the problem is much bigger than expected. I have foreseen that. I never believed uh, the storytelling there. Sure, but sure. I see from my perspective, it will be very the very first adaption we will see in utility vehicles, especially in the long distance traffic on the freeway, on the autobahn, for some truck driving 
some 900 miles typically, the driver has to stop every few hours. Um, and as a government man mandate, of course, and they need to stick to this and they need to stay sometimes the whole weekend at some uh, car park in a nowhere country. So would be very good to help. I'm pretty sure we will see this in the logistics industry first. Where do you get your inspiration? How do you come up with your ideas for the books that you write? Uh, yes, of course. I, I started out uh, by accident. Back then, I was working at a university and researching new ways of making business with the internet. And uh, some uh, guy from Edison Wesley, the famous computer publishing book publishing house, came over after uh, I spoke at a conference and asked me, do you want to write a book? We do not have a German book on electronic commerce, on selling uh, things via the internet. We need desperately one, and we are not sure if, whether it's uh, useful to adapt the English book we already have. So I came into this business writing books and I found out, well, it's a good way to understand a topic by yourself. It's sure. especially also a good way if you want to sell your service or you need to sell your service and you're not in the big consulting or big uh, software company. And so I stuck with that and uh, wrote some books, for example, about uh, building large uh, corporate networks as a wide area networks, which Deutsche Telekom bought 2,000 copies of it and gave it to the clients as the standard way of doing business. I also wrote a book called The Internet Falle, The Internet Trap, where I discussed the risks and perils of social media. And sure. uh, later on, I focused, uh, of course, on several automotive uh, topics. You mentioned the most important one. I also later on tried out some books on cybersecurity. The very first was a disaster in 2014. Nobody wanted to read it. This was right. back then. The time was not ripe for this. Sure. Uh, then I wrote a book at some uh, London-based publishing house in English. It was called Understanding Cyber Risk. And it was a major sec success. And this brought me back to Germany, where Chefsache Cybersicherheit is uh, with Campus Publishers, which is one of the best-known German publishing houses. And we will have an English-language version uh, early 2023. So uh, stay tuned for some future announcements here. Of course. <laughs> Thomas, uh, with regard to automotive, autonomous, electric or otherwise, what is your favorite car and why? <laughs> my favorite car is still my <laughs> 911 Porsche Targa, yeah. which I bought eight years ago. It uh, was built and sold to the United States in 83. And eight sure. years ago, I managed to take it back. From <laughs> um, it was uh, a guy from Porsche Club Denver that sold its car to me. And sure. ever since, I uh, have a grin on my face when driving it around uh, the area I live. Of so, course. Thomas, from all of us here at AutoVision News, thank you for sharing your expertise and your thought leadership. And we wish you all the best of luck going forward. Thank you again for your time today. Thanks for inviting me. Carl. To learn more about Professor Kohler's work, including his latest books and media appearances, see the link below. In Detroit with Thomas R. Kohler, I'm Carl Anthony, AutoVision News Radio.